You're now listening to Play to the Whistle podcast. Listening to the Play to the Whistle podcast, episode 10. I'm here today with T-Dot and myself, Jesse. How's your weekend been, T-Dot? Good, man. Good. Good, man. Just stressing over this game, but this Chelsea game. But yeah, man, it's been good, man. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, it's been all good, man. It's just, just been watching a lot of football and, you know, get over. The, I'm over the result yesterday. It's a bit of the same, really, but yeah, just the same as you, man. It's been chilling, yeah, man. Yeah, we need to get straight into that, actually. The Manchester um, Liverpool game, Man City Liverpool game for today as well. Um, yeah, that was a game, man. Brilliant game. Um, can't lie, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was, but 4 1. Tell us about that game, Jesse, because. Obviously, you watched that one. No, do you know what? Yeah, I thought I felt like after the first half, it was going to be a bit of the same as a lot of the big games this season. Funny enough, I was getting prepared to just be ranting about like how boring the big games have been this season because they've just been so close and that like, teams ain't really having a go. They're not going for it because they're, they're so cautious and they're so worried about not getting beat that no one's really trying to go for these games. And the first half was like that. There was a bit like. They were both more concerned with like stopping the counters rather than actually creating some chances. But um, no, I thought obviously once Sterling gets the got the penalty at the end of the half, I was thinking, okay, maybe this game's going to be a bit different. And then uh, I don't know what it was, but I felt like when he was looking, when he was at the penalty spot, when Gundogan was at the penalty spot, I didn't really feel like I didn't like his the shape of his run up. Like he didn't really have enough of a run-up. Well, I, I didn't think before he kicked it that he was going to have enough. And then he skied it over the bar and I was quite surprised by that. But then um, then I was thinking after that, so it's another one of them games where it's just going to be another nil-nil, another nil-nil in a big game. But no, it just, it just came to life really after that. And, you know, Gundogan makes up for the, for the missed penalty. And the game just opened up after that, really. You know, Salah scores the penalty. And then, you know, they had a few chances before that. And then, yeah, it just opened up. But then, you know, Alisson makes a mad mistake, gives it away. City recover the ball and then they're on the attack. And, you know, then he gets the ball back again and he just he kicks it straight to Foden. And then credit to Foden from that situation because he just runs past Henderson puts it on a plate for Gundogan and he taps it in the net for a second and, you know, I think you have to definitely shout him out. Obviously, it takes big bottle to miss a penalty, not let your head drop and get yourself back into the game and to get two goals is fantastic for him, man. But I thought Foden was brilliant as well today. Like, and I think he's shown like, it's a mixture of improvement, but also he's just getting a consistent run of games now and I think he's shown what he can really do and you know, this is what we've all, as as England fans, this is what we've all wanted with him is just get a run of games to just prove what he can really do. And I think, you know, he played down the left today, he played down the right. He was causing havoc down both sides. Um, he scores a fantastic goal to make it four, which he fully deserved. And I thought I, I thought he was brilliant today, man, from from start to finish. And you have to credit Man City; they were ruthless today, man. Um, they capitalised on all the mistakes. 
they looked like champions today. Like they looked hungry and Liverpool just didn't have the answers for them today. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I thought, um, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, it was cagey. I don't think either team really wanted to commit. And, and um, you know, there was a lot of passing side to side and back to the goalkeeper and starting again. But there was no real attacking conviction from either, either side. Um, and then even as that game you know, progressed, I still felt Liverpool was still doing that. You know, it wasn't the norm that we see from Liverpool after the last couple of seasons that we've been able to watch them with such an attack and, and intent towards the game. But I just felt today, especially it was more visible that, you know, they'd have the ball. I think there was a moment where it was 4v4. Um, I can't remember who was on the counter, but, it, you know, they ended up, it ended up back with Alisson. Um, and I just felt that wasn't something that you, you, we, we tend to see with Liverpool. Um, I think that obviously, you know, we've mentioned on the pod before that they, they've also got Henderson and Fabinho at the back. And I feel like, yes, bring them back into midfield, that's great. But I still think defensively they would have issues, even with, um, you know, the, the new guy that, that they've, they've signed um, and the Ben Davis as well. I feel like, you know, those two players, it's still going to take time for them to gel into that back four. Um, yeah, I just think it's, you know, I think it's kind of um, a bit of a struggle, I think, for, for Liverpool. So, I thought City played really well. Um, you know, they, they, they took their goals well. Um, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, Phil Foden's definitely, probably arguably one of their best players this season so far. Um Last season, he was being subbed off or he's been left on the bench. Um, but now he seems to be in Pep's plans a lot. So, listen, I said last week that it was going to be a struggle for Liverpool to even win the league. But now they're, they're not looking at the top. They're looking behind them. You know, the you know Chelsea have won today. There's a point now. Um, difference between Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham, you know, one point in it. Everton have got a game, uh, two games in hand as well so there's a lot that Liverpool need to consider now rather than looking at the top and there's a 10 point gap now between City and Liverpool they've got to start looking at the other end and thinking you know which I think they will but they've got to start thinking you know we need to qualify for top four now um, uh, today I would say that the the league title defence took a, a really heavy beating um, which I'm sure Klopp would echo and a lot of the Liverpool fans will probably echo as well yeah yeah and I think he kind of echoed that in in his um, interview after the game, he's basically. I think he basically said that is their aim is just the top four now, which um, says everything. They've they've lost too many games. I think they've lost. I, I think I'm right. In, I don't know how many games they lost after they confirmed they were confirmed champions last season, but I feel like they might have already lost as many games this season as they did of the whole of the last two seasons. But um, I might be wrong on that. But I, I know the season where Man City won it. And they was just a point behind them. They only lost one game to Man. They lost one game that season, and I can't remember how many lost they lost last season. But they, I think injuries have just taken their toll on them. And I think not just injuries, but I don't think they've been clinical in the market either. But that could be said for a lot of teams. But I, I, I feel as though not just at centre back. I think when they've needed to change it up up front. And they've had to turn to Origi or Shakiri. I, I know, you know, Origi's got a goal in the Champions League for them in the final and he's got some important goals over the years. But I feel I feel as though if Jordan never got injured, I think they would have been 
um, they would have probably been still in the title race if they had him fit because he, he he was you know he was looking really good. He played along the line, left, right, down the middle, and he took to their style of play really quickly. And you know they've missed him. But look, yeah. you yeah. know it's one of them things. And when you look at the rest of the the injuries that they've all had, they've all taken a toll. And you know probably missing Jota has not helped them. But I just think they've not helped themselves either. Sometimes, well, it's like when you know we done the pods after the the game when we played them at Anfield, and they were just tentative. They were scared to like play their game, you know, and impose themselves on the match like they usually do. And it was, you know, in that game and this game today, they just seem to be a bit more worried about the counter-attack or the threat rather than just going for the game and, like, trying to secure the win, man. And you could see that in their game today. Obviously, they probably, after the, the midweek defeat to Brighton, they were probably more concerned with not losing the game rather than winning it, but... You know they, the way they capitulated as well was was dreadful. Allison was terrible today, and that's not something we we could usually say about him. But he he was shocking today, and when you've, I know they've got this. Everyone's got this style of play nowadays. Sometimes where you got to play out from the back, and sometimes you got to be logical when you do it. Sometimes just get rid of it. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't. It, it don't make you not an attacking side. Or it doesn't make you a team without philosophy. Sometimes it's just common sense to just get rid, you know. But they they've they've got to fully focus now on getting on the top four. That's a big scrap right now. I, I think we can all say that the the title race is done pretty much. They're five points clear of us with a game in hand. Uh, they win that. That's eight points. It's pretty much done now, and that's a shame. Also, is that we didn't get the title race that we thought we was going to get this season or what it was shaping up to be because now it's just turned into another one horse race yeah yeah i agree, I agree with a lot of that um and and yeah i think a lot of it you touched on a good point around the recruitment i you know i've said that many a times before that i feel like there's um there's definitely things that in terms of Origi, for instance you know, should they have cashed in after the Champions League or there were clubs that were willing to take him on then as well. Um, you know, Minamino has come in, he's left to go to Southampton. It doesn't seem like he was the right fit for how Liverpool were going to be playing or just wasn't going to get enough game time as well. So I still feel that there's a lot of recruitment that needs to happen in the summer for Liverpool. I don't think, and, and you know, again today, I feel like... a, a a lot of the blame probably does have to go on Klopp for that team selection in terms of the defenders. You know, I feel like if, if you had Henderson or even, you know, Henderson or Fabinho in that midfield, I think it would have changed the game slightly. I'm not saying that they, they would have still, um, they would have won, but it might have changed the dynamics of the game. But just looking at the record that Liverpool have been on since Christmas, you know, the last eight games, they've only won two. They've drawn three and they've lost three. Um, you know, obviously we know about City and how relentless they are. You know, I don't think they've lost the game since Christmas. So, um, you know, yeah, I think, like I said last week, it was going to be tough. I said that it's very unlikely that they'll get the league again. They'll retain it. I know you mentioned as well before in a few episodes ago that, you know, it's difficult for clubs to retain, you know, back-to-back um, Premier Leagues as well. So it's, it's just something that I think the pressure's probably got to them. They're fatigued, they're tired. 
Um, these games are, you know, every week now. So it's, yeah, injuries has played a massive part, but I still think, you know, they've had opportunities to recruit players in. Um, some of them have been good, you know, obviously like a Jota has been brilliant for them. Um, but they just haven't recruited for me enough to sustain, you know, you've got to sustain and expect injuries throughout a season. And the problem with Liverpool is they don't really switch things up in terms of their key players, um, which I think has been a problem for them for a couple of seasons. But I think in the summer, they've, they've got to honestly look at that and and see where the, the gaps are, the weaknesses are in, in the, the depth in the squad. Um, because, you know, at the moment, it's clear as day for, for, for me as a neutral where, where it is. But, you know, Liverpool fans, when you speak to some of them, they, they say different parts. So I think the club have just got to get down and get those things sorted out um, and regroup for next season and hopefully, yeah, get Champions League football this season as well. Yeah, and I think if you look at their last like couple of windows, even the, the season that they won it, I don't think they spent that much money, did they? It was just Minamino. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think Adrian came in from West Ham on a free or something like that. But yeah, the last two years, they've not really, last two seasons, they've not really spent a lot of money. And you can kind of see that in their squad. And I think when you have that, they're used to just going in the market. And to be fair, if you look at them over the last five seasons, they've been they've been terrific in the market. You know, Salah didn't come in for too much money, neither did Mane. Uh, Firmino weren't that expensive either. Yeah, they got Robertson on, I think, for seven million. They done really, really well in the market. But you know, when they've tried to go back in on the cheap side, like with Minamino and Shakiri. Uh, Origi, it's not it's not really worked out, and I know Klopp didn't buy Origi. I know he was there when that was a Brendan Rodgers signing, but they yeah they, they need investment, and that's where you look at City have responded and sorted out their defense. You know, replace Sane with Ferran Torres. He looks like he's you know Pep's easing him in slowly. The games he's played, he's done really well, but he's not thrown him in the deep end just yet. But he looks like a good signing. Ruben Diaz looks, as we keep saying, he looks like a brilliant signing. And that's what City did. City responded from last season. They knew where they was lacking and they made those changes. And and you can see that in their games. When City need to change it up, they're such a threat from the start of a game. And as soon as they, you know, look to change things up from the bench, they bring on Jesus. They could bring on Mares if he doesn't start. They can bring on, you know, Ferran Torres or Sterling if he doesn't start. And... You can see that in these games, it's having a it's having a serious effect because if they start without Jesus, Mares is popping up everywhere. You know, he's dropping deep for it. He's popping out on the left hand side. They're alternating, and it's hard to pick up as defenders as you saw that today. And then when they bring on Jesus, Jesus is more direct. He starts to stretch it, so it's it's hard to they're hard to defend against for ninety minutes because they have that ability to just come you know draw for the bench. And change things up, and a lot of teams, as we keep saying, can't do that. They don't have them luxuries on the bench like City do. So, yeah, like I said, I think it's already done, and I think teams now just have to concentrate on getting in the top four because you know them, all the teams that thought they was in with a chance of it, it's pretty much done now. Hundred percent, man. I agree. I agree, man. But another good game that we, well, I got to watch yesterday. Uh, on Saturday was uh, Aston Villa versus Arsenal, 1-0. Ollie Watkins, brilliant goal from him. Um, 
yeah, I, I think Villa deserved that. That really, they, you know, they really played well. Um, they started the game really well with an, you know, the, the attacking mentality. Um, I thought Arsenal struggled to, to even string passes together. Um, first 10, 15 minutes of the game, they were just constantly losing possession, making silly mistakes. Um, I thought for the goal, um, you know, one thing that I've noticed when I've watched Villa games as well is that, um, you know, Bertrand Triore is is probably having one of a, one of the best seasons that I've, I've well since he's been at Villa. I know last season as well, but um, you know he's playing a lot better, and I think that's complement complementing uh, the way Oli Watkins is playing as well, and Jack Jack Grealish, and obviously Ross Barkley as well. But just those those three um, behind Watkins, they were superb yesterday. They were. You know, they didn't stop at all, um, you know, whilst obviously Bertrand and Barkley on the pitch. But um, defensively as well, I thought they were compact, they were tight. Um, you know, they made it difficult for, for Arsenal to get anything in the box. And even when they did get things in the box, any crosses or anything, um, you know, there was there was no one in the box. You know, there was a Lacazette on his own or, you know, um, a Pepe sort of running in on his own. It was just it was just a, a strange game for Arsenal. Um, but I thought Tyrone Mings was just commanding at the back. You know, that line was solid. It was it was there. Same with um John McGinn as well. You know, they they helped out defensively as well. Um they they, they were good, you know, they, they they were really solid at the back. Um they made it difficult for Arsenal to get any shots off. Um one thing about Arsenal, which again, um, you know, almost again going back to what I was saying about Liverpool, you know, Arsenal, there was no movement with them. You know, they'd have the ball. Um, they had quite a lot of possession as well. Um, I think they had sixty-seven percent in the end of the game, but there was just no movement from, you know, Pepe, uh, Smith Rowe. I think back, uh, Saka was probably the only player that I can remember that was attempting to do anything, you know, to try and make something work. But you know, when they've got the ball, you know, Pepe needs to to find a bit of space to, to you know, to help out a Smith Rowe who, who's trying to find the perfect ball to slot in, and it was just there was just nothing there. Um, you know, Lacazette's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to him, whether it's just, again, form, um, run of games. I'm not sure, but he just doesn't seem to be, um, you know, I, got, you know, I think he got hooked off after 60 minutes for, for Aubameyang, but it just seems like Arsenal um, just weren't at the races yesterday. Um, the, the, concert, the concert challenge, um, for me, was a yellow. I think it was um, definitely something that people probably said it was going to be a red card because of the way that it was last man and this, that, the other, but it was never a red for me. Um, I think it was a coming together. Um, I don't think he really denied, denied a goal scoring opportunity. Um, but I, I think for the second sort of penalty decision that didn't go against, went against Arsenal um, with Martinez and Lacazette's, um, I feel like it could have been a penalty. Um, you know, I think if that was two players outside the box or, yeah, I think, you know, you probably give that, but, you know, goalkeepers that don't really get decisions like that go against them. So I think personally, you know, I think regardless of that, I don't think Arsenal deserve to win the game anyway. Um, you know, Aston Villa wanted that game a lot more. They knew obviously coming into the game, there was going to be, um, you know, there was going to be no um, Leno and goal and, Obviously, David Luiz was going to be missing. So I think, for me, the key players out of Arsenal's team yesterday probably was Gabriel and Saka. I don't think any of the other boys tried yesterday. Um, a lot more can be said about Villa. You know, 
Matty Cash, Matt Target as well. I think Matt Target's really underrated. Um, you know, I don't think he gets a lot of praise or, or Matty Cash as well, but they're two two players that have been consistent for Villa this season. The same with Ross Barkley as well and, and obviously Ollie Watkins as well. Um, so I think it was a good game for, for overall. Um, you know, it kind of leaves Villa and well, leaves Villa above Arsenal now as well. Um, but Arsenal, Arsenal got to be careful because I feel like, you know, L- L- Lampard being sat now, the, the focus turns from, you know, from Lampard and Chelsea to the other managers, the, the Jurgen Klopp's, uh, you know, Mikel Arteta. Um, I, feel, I don't feel like obviously Solskjaer is in that at the moment, but I feel like those kind of managers, even Jose, you know, there's a lot of pressure now on Jose and the scrutiny starts to focus on those kind of managers now. So, um, you know, they've only won nine games this season, Arsenal. They've lost 10 games already, 31 points. So, you know, at this, at this point in the season, you probably expect them to be around a West Ham or an Everton, a sixth or seventh place. And they're just not at the moment. And you can't really see anyone apart from the two youngsters in Smith Rowe and Saka um, where they're going to get anything from. I say, yeah, like you said, they have 31 points. They need to make sure they get to 40 because they're looking, it's, it's not looking good for them at the moment again. You thought, you know, after the they beat Chelsea and they went on that little run of picking up results, thought they turned the corner and look, maybe they still have and maybe the, the defeat to Wolves and the one against Villa are just anomalies and maybe they get back to winning ways. But I think you're right as well. I think they've got to be careful. Um, I think they're... I don't know if it's a run of games with just the same players. Maybe they're tired or they're not at the... They weren't physically on it yesterday because Villa looked... Villa looked like they wanted it more, but I don't know if it was just that or if Arsenal were tired as well because I think the same team, majority of this team have played this whole run of games. He's not really rotated it apart from the cup games. And they played Saturday, they played weekend, midweek, midweek, weekend. And I think where, you know, some like United, Chelsea have rotated a bit as well. Uh, City have rotated. Um, Even Liverpool have rotated players and I don't think with the with what's been happening with Aubameyang and you know injuries to a few other players they've not been able to rotate and I feel like they just looked a bit off it energy wise in that game for me personally and you have to be on it when you play Villa because Villa are always on it they're not in the cup they're not in the FA Cup no more they're not in the they're not in any cup competitions they're just playing, you know, Premier League football. And I feel that that might have been a bit of a difference. But also, I think the same thing, as you said, where players are missing and they've had to just put makeshift players in, I think Cedric, and I said this when Man United played Arsenal as well, I don't think he had the best of games. And going up against Traore, you would have thought, you know, him being a right-footed left-back, he would have been able to have dealt with it a bit better. But... You know, same thing what we were saying about Fabinho, Fabinho. When you're playing makeshift and you're in certain positions, you do wrong things. And when he when he side when he passes the ball back in that inside position, back to the defender, to for the first goal I'm talking about, yeah, that's the kind of mistakes that a left footed left back or someone that's used to playing that position wouldn't make. Because he puts no weight on the ball, Trari picks it up and then he crosses it for Watkins. And that obviously that led to the goal, and you know he doesn't look comfortable there. And you know, I think without Tierney, that's a big miss for them. But 
Yeah, they, they, they wasn't really on it. And I think you're right as well. When the youngsters, it's, it's, it's a mad thing to say, but when the youngsters ain't on it for them, nobody else is in that team really. And I know Pepe's, I'm not hammering, I'm not hammering Pepe today because he's had a few good games and he was good midweek as well in the defeat. But um, yeah, they just, they just look out, they just look tired, if I'm being honest. And without Bamiyang, without Tierney, they're starting to really miss the players that are missing now in my opinion. And I echo what you said about Villa as well. I, I think they've had a really good season, man. I think I echo what you said about Matty Cash. I think he's been he's had a solid season. Um for his first season in the Prem, he's done really well. Target's been very good this season. And yeah, the, the usual for their front line, man. Their front line are eager. They press and then when they get the ball back they counter attack really well. And Villa have, Villa have been quality this season, man, overall. I think they've surpassed a lot of people's expectations. Um, you know, Barkley was a good signing. Troyer has done well this season. Douglas Louise has been good this season as well. McGinn, Grealish, obviously. And Watkins has done really well too. You know, he had that little, I think he had eight games without a goal. But since since he's hit the back end of the net, man, he's been on it. And even in their games when he wasn't scoring, he was he was still doing really well for the team, man. And, yeah, I mean, you know what I think of Martin is I think he's been brilliant. Brilliant save on the free kick as well. Um, I think that's his 10th clean sheet this season, you know. And that's for, for where Villa are in the league, I think that's phenomenal, man. You know, just shows that them as a unit at the back, whoever comes in, you know, Konza comes in, Mings, Target, you know, Cash, they're all brilliant. They're a solid unit together, man. They've done fantastic. But I also, also, I echo what you say about what you said about Arteta because they're in trouble, man. Like, he has to, he's got to, he's got to sort it out really quickly again because it's not just, he's not under pressure of the sake of being under pressure. But when you look at, like, when you look at what West Ham are doing at the moment this season, and when you look at what some of the other teams are doing, then that that adds pressure to you because if the top four was just a normal top four, say Chelsea, United, Liverpool and City, then they kind of would be more excuses. Do you know what I mean? More valid excuses. But when West Ham are a point away from the top four, questions will be asked of the big teams that are not in the top four or not in that situation. Yeah, man, I agree with all of, all of that. Everything you said, I agree with. Um, it'd be interesting because I, I think there's some some key games next weekend for for both clubs. Um, you know, Aston Villa play um, Brighton next Saturday, eight o'clock. Um, while Arsenal play Leeds, which is quite interesting because obviously you know Leeds are two points behind Arsenal now with um, two games in hand as well. So. Yeah, I agree. Arteta's got to find the right solution. Um, obviously, there's players and um, that they've got there that are, are, are easily some of the best players in, in the Prem for me. Pepe's a decent player. He, you know, he doesn't go rubbish overnight. Um, the same with Aubameyang. you just got to get the best out of these players. Smith, Rowe, Saka, um, you know, they're good players. So I feel like he's got enough there to, to definitely push up the table. But yeah, man, credit to, to Villa because... Like I said, the intention was to go out there and to to slow down Arsenal and to make everything difficult for them. And, and that's exactly what they've done. So, yeah, man, 
brilliant three points for them and, and like I said before ninth, they're ninth now uh, so yeah man good good game yeah definitely and I just feel as though yeah like the Aubameyang situation I know he's coming back into he'll probably be in, back in the starting lineup for the next game but he's been missing for family reasons but yeah I just feel like same with a lot of teams injuries have taken a toll and where he's had to just pick the same team pretty much man for man apart from a few positions, I think it's taken a toll on the team and they just look, yeah, they just look like they lacked a bit of zip, I thought, yesterday and they they badly need some of them players to come back. I know you've been waiting for this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wine dot merchant, you know. <laughs> That's you the know wine dot. No, no, listen, that game had, for me, had in it was everything it was a good game um by, by the way we're talking about manchester united everton um if you didn't know. yeah there was some some brilliant brilliant t- talking points in that game so i'm going to leave that up to you but free free man that was a good result for for everton maybe not for for man united yeah um i thought it was, i think it was obviously with the results today it was obviously the final nail in the coffin in some people's that thought you know we was in the title race um, I always was always consistent with what I thought. I thought we was always on course to make the top four, and I still think we will make the top four. But um, look, it's just it's just complacency as usual with the with the back four. Really, obviously, first of all, on the positives, I thought you know Rashford was Rashford done really well for the first goal on the cross. You know, it's a great cross for Cavani, and Cavani was—I thought Cavani was brilliant again with his movement in that game, um, occupying the centre backs and just always on the move. I thought he done really well. He took his goal really well, um, and I thought you know from the first half, you know, obviously Everton had chances as well, but I thought United did well in the first half, and um, they were playing a lot better than you know they did against Sheffield United. But you know, obviously, great finish by Bruno as well. So, from the first half, she's thinking, yeah, I, I I can't lie. I'll be honest with you. I thought at 2-0, I thought the game was done. And I thought maybe we'd come out second half, get another goal. I don't know what he said to them at half-time. Job's done. Get his slippers on. I don't know what he said at half-time because they came out like a complete different team, full of complacency, um, switched off. You know, even for their, the first goal for Everton, Maguire's asleep there. He's not picking up the run properly with Calvert Lewin. I thought David De Gea on the goal. I think he's got to do better as well, if I'm being honest with you. Just parrying it in front. He's done this quite a few times. I remember a few seasons ago where we played Chelsea and I can't remember who takes the free I can't I think it was a free kick or someone took a shot from outside the box and then Alonso taps it in, if you remember that game. But he's, he's, it's something he's always been weak on, parrying shots straight into the opposition, you know. He never parries away from goal. It's always at the feet for a tap-in for the opposition. And that's what he's done with the Zakori goal, you know. It, it just wasn't good enough for me. I don't have any issues with the James, Rodrig- the James Rodriguez goal. From a finishing point of view, I don't really think there was a lot he could have done with that. But again, even on the you know the last goal, look, there's a, there's a few issues. The line 
I know I saw a f- I know a few people have been talking about Harry Maguire's positioning on you know on the free kick, but even if he was in line with the rest of the defenders, Calvert Lewin would still be on side. And I think in that situation, when the free when the line is that high, again I'm putting that on the goalkeeper because the whole point of teams playing that high of a line on a direct free kick on a indirect free kick is for the goalkeeper to come off his line and deal with it. And he, and he doesn't. And that's that's the issue for me on that one. I feel he's got to come with that. He's got to be a bit more certain and commit to coming off his line to deal with that. He just comes off his line too late. And that's what that's another one of his problems as well. He takes, he, he takes so long to come off the line because he doesn't want to come off the line, you know? And I think he can deal with that if he if he came off his line quicker. But look, obviously for the neutral, I think obviously it was a great game. But, you know, for us it wasn't. And even, it's just something I'm always going back to, but, you know, all these changes, they, you know, to bring on Twanzebi in the 93rd minute to waste time, whatever it was for, because he was worried and he wanted the extra man on because he was under pressure. You never take. You, you don't take. You, you don't take someone off from your front line to bring on a defender because you're just bringing like loads of confusion, and you're unsettling a back four that's been working together. Albeit, look, they were shocking yesterday as a back four, but you're disrupting things at a time when we just need like a lot of concentration. And you know, that's this is the point when I think Kieran said it a few episodes ago. I think when we lost to Sheffield United is. You need leaders on the pitch. And in them situations, you see out a game with leaders, with communication and, and everyone focused on what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, if we had leaders, if, you know, albeit a goalkeeper, a centre-back, someone to, you know, get hold of everyone, we wouldn't have lost that game. In my opinion. I don't know what you thought of the game. Yeah, no, a lot of what you said is, um, is spot on. I felt there was... You know, you, you go in at half time at two nil. You don't really expect the game to end three three, um, but that's football can happen. Um, I thought I agree with you. I think David de Gea was not his best yesterday. Um, obviously, neither Harry Maguire. Um, but the, you know, there was there was signs there for me that um, Man United still, um, you know, they played they had moments where they played really well. Obviously, the first half they played really well, but then even in the second half they were still fighting you know for the ball they were still they were still working um I, I just think like you've touched on I think defensively was what the, you know the errors were at the back you know they were just defensively it was all wrong um I thought Luke Shaw played really well again I know we spoke about him last week and the week before but you know he's having probably the, the season of his life at the moment you know I got, got an assist again um to set up McTominay but um Everton also played well. I thought they, I thought they were really slow in the first half. Um, you know, they they lost possession quite a lot. Um, as much as I know, I've, I've spoken to Everton fans in the past about Gomez and, and Tom Davis and how much they lose the ball. I thought Tom Davis especially um, didn't do that in that game. Um, yeah, I thought the goals were were. Maybe not Rodriguez, but I do feel like the the, the final Calvert Lewin goal, the the free free goal, defensively it was just it was just all over the place. I just don't know, I don't know where to start with that one. Um, yes, Maguire keeps him on side, but yeah, like you said, even if he's in line with the defense, I still think that's a goal anyway. Um, 
but I felt there were signs from both. I mean, it shows for me, it shows me how far that Everton have come in terms of the way that they're playing now. Um, you know, they've obviously signed a couple of key players in terms of like, like uh, Hammers Rodriguez and um, again, Ben, ben Godfrey, Decore. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they, they were lucky to get a point out of that game. Let's be honest, you know, United should have easily won that game based off of the first half. And then even the way that United still played in the second half, I think they were very unlucky to to walk away with a point. Um, but yeah, I agree with you around subs. You know, I felt even even the, um, the, the yeah, bringing them on from night, especially after what's happened past week as well, in terms of the, the racist abuse that he, he suffered. Um to then bring him on, knowing that realistically, you know, you're not, you're not really changing the game at that point. It, it did that didn't make sense to me. Um, I don't think it's a, a bad result either side. I don't think it's a bad result for Everton or United. Um, I, I just think that obviously, like you said last, uh, sorry, Kieran said last week as well that, uh, and I know you've mentioned it in in group chats that we're in as well that you know United really probably were never in contention for the the title anyway, but. You know, I think there was still probably a, a glimmer of hope within United fans that, you know, had you have won that game, then potentially it would have been, regardless of whether City won against Liverpool or not. But um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a it was a game that I felt um, be- before starting it. I think it could have gone either way. Um, yeah. So I think a point, as much as it probably isn't the right thing to say for it from a United perspective, it was probably the fair result in the end. Yeah, and look. I've I've said it when I was just talking as well, but like Man United's problem this season really has been defensively. Like and it's ironic the amount of money we've spent on defenders and how many defenders we've bought in the last four or five seasons, but or five or six seasons, like we still need centre backs and you know, for as many we've brought in, we've still not sorted out that problem. We now we need a new goalkeeper, in my opinion. I know a lot of United fans don't agree with that. If they're not going to go with Henderson, which I think they should be, which I've said loads of times, if they're not going to go with him, then they need to bring in a new keeper. We definitely need a new centre back, and you know we need and we needed someone that can sit in front of the back four properly and you know tackle, intercept, and win the ball, and and also be able to move the ball. That's what we're lacking, and you know when you look at where you know Man United, obviously, if you include that madness in the week. We're the top goal scorers in the league, like on forty nine goals. You know, but we've conceded thirty. Like yeah. we've conceded thirty goals. That's 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 a joke. Mm. That's absurd. You can't you can't be where we are in the league and be conceding that many goals. You you can't you're you're giving yourselves no chance of winning a title or winning anything. And you know, as much as as much as, you know, people talk about us being able to score goals and you know, all that type of stuff. And it was said last season that we always look dangerous on a counter-attack. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because at the moment, if you, if you, you know, you're scoring, I know it's only happened in that game, but if you're scoring three goals at home and you can't win a game, that just says a lot, you know. And that's the difference. City have played majority of the season. They play fantastic football, but they play majority of the season without a real goal-scoring threat. I think Sterling and Foden... I think are their top goal scorers so far this season. I don't, I'd have to check the stats, but I don't think they've, they've neither of them have scored more than I think thirteen or fourteen goals. They're definitely on less than that, if I'm correct. 
But the difference with Man City is that their defence has been giving them a lot of clean sheets and they've not been conceding that many goals. You know, you can't be in our position in the league trying to get into the top four and, and just over halfway through the season and we've conceded 30 goals. That means Eight, we're on course to... Cons- at home as well. 18 yeah, goals in, in 12 yeah. home league games as well. They're on course to, you know, we're on course to concede 50 goals. That's 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 ridiculous. Mm. You know? Mm. but not, not good enough, man. No, nah, it's not good enough. And look, we're also in that fight with Liverpool for the for the top four now. It's a big fight. There's a lot of teams still in it at the moment. And, you know, there's a lot of big games now, you know. A lot of big games that they've got to be prepared for. But, you know, that just echoed the Sheffield United game, the game mm. against, you know, Everton yesterday. You know, that night, the 9 nil was an anomaly at home. We've been dreadful at home this season and... Defensively, we need to sort it out, man. Just, just as we wrap up on the United side of things, um, you mentioned centre backs and bringing them in. Um, I agree with you around um, the goalkeeper. I think you know you've got a decent goalkeeper sitting on the bench. Um, you know, I think he, you know, you've got him sitting on the bench as a quality goalkeeper. I'd give him a chance. Um, not just in like cup games, but in the oh, Premiership, because I think he's proved he's proved he's proven himself now. He can do that when he was on loan. So I don't know why he's not in there. Yeah, when he was on loan, he had a lot of clean sheets. He was playing well in the Premier League. He's comfortable with his feet. He's a good shot stopper. Just give him a chance, man. You know, I don't see what he needs to do to get a game in his team when De Gea's. He's made a lot of mistakes this season as well. Let's let's, you know, let's not let's not beat around the bush about it, man. And I feel as though. He's in the team at the moment, just on reputation. It's merit, isn't it? It's just merit. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, it's not merit because if it was on merit, he wouldn't be. He would be on the bench. But he's just in the team on on reputation and what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what four or five seasons ago, I think, or six, seven. I can't remember what the season. This Van Gaal's both Van Gaal seasons. He was brilliant. And I think he was really good in Jose's first season. How many years um, ago? He hasn't yeah, been like, since then, he's had he? a few bad seasons now. Like mm. you know, the the season Jose gets sacked, he was he weren't that good that season. He made a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes last season. That was one of the reasons why we were so adamant about not letting Henderson go back to Sheffield United. Hundred percent. So mm. play him, and at centre back, I thought Lind, um I thought Maguire has been playing well. I, I must say that in the last couple of months. December and January, I thought Maguire played well. He had a really bad game yesterday, but I feel overall he's been playing well. And I think he plays well when he's playing alongside Bay. Mm, and yeah, yeah. I'm t- you know, I'm not saying nothing <laughs> mad today. <but> like, <laughs> I'm nearly, not going to say nothing. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But like, that's the problem. We need pace in your back line. Mm, 100%. You know, when you look at Diaz and Stones, they've got that and... You know, obviously Van Dijk and Gomez have pace and look, one of your centre-backs need to have pace because when, a, you know, when the attack breaks the lines, you need someone that can, you know, get in behind that and mm. close that off. And we don't have that. You know, like with the first goal with Calvert-Lewin, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that, obviously, I'm not saying Baye's will 100% stop that from happening, but Baye's quick and he could at least take him down the line and take maybe take him a bit further away from goal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. In that situation, and that's what we're missing. And they've got, they've got, they've got. Unfortunately, spent again, but they do need to, and they need to. 
if he's not going to play Eric Bay, which is absurd, I know. I think he's, he's actually injured. I think he's injured. I think he's injured yesterday. Yeah, but even look, let's be honest and let's face he's the facts. Even if he was fit, yeah, he, he puts him bench. on the bench. I don't know what it is about Lindelof. I, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but <laughs> I don't know what it is with Lindelof and why he keeps selecting him, but he's not good in the air. He's not good in behind. He's not good at reading the game. He, he's he's a couple steps behind what's going on in the match. He's consistently mm. a problem in games. It's alarming. It's, it's alarming when you... Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think like it's, it's, it's such common sense. And mm. I'm not even... A, we're not managers, but we watch games and we can see that it's like he's not good enough. Mm. So God knows why he's sitting in the team. And if we've conceded that, if we conceded 30 goals in the Premier League, that's not... I think some of the teams at the bottom or, you know, mid-table teams have conceded less than that. Villa have got more clean sheets than that. They've conceded less goals than that. But Burnley have conceded 29, I think, this season. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, and as well. we're only where we are in the league because we've scored so many goals. Mm. You know? I think you might have scored the most, and you? you said that. No, before. yeah, we scored the most. We scored forty nine goals. Forty nine yeah, is the most. Crazy. That's crazy. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be drawing games when you scored mm. three goals. It's, it's insane. Mm. But look, if any, that's what we've got to sort out. And it's, it's, you know, me and Kieran was talking about this. It's, we've been talking about centre backs and DMs or holding midfielders, whatever you want to call them. We've been talking about these two positions for about seven seasons, and it's still it's not true. been sorted out yet. You, know, we, you look at since Rio, Rio and, and Vinic have left the club we've not sorted that out so it's not good enough man it's just not good enough Oli in or Oli out last question no we don't you know what yeah man don't, <laughs> man don't answer them questions <laughs> I don't, but you know what yeah he's shown what he what he's about this season in the yeah, big games true. he doesn't want to go true. for them um, he's negative in those matches. He plays for a counter attack. He's consistently picking picking wrong players, consistently making wrong changes. But look, he's on course to get top four again, and and maybe that's what he is. Maybe he's just a top four manager. He can get the top four, or he can get you top six. You know, we're still in two competitions. You have to you have to say we're out the we're definitely out of the title race. We're still in the FA Cup, and we're still in. Still a lot Europa to play League. for. Still a lot, still to, a lot play to play for. for in them two competitions. So yeah, look, he's got. He's, if he wants to keep his job, he's just got to win something now. Get the top mm. four, win a trophy. He's got to finally win a trophy now. He's had this is second full season in charge. Mm. He's been there over two years. He should have solidified whatever his style of play is. God knows what it is, but <laughs> should it should be solidified now? And he needs to go and obviously win a trophy. But credit I to Everton coming mm. back in the game and fighting. They played really well. They never gave up. They came out half-time, all guns blazing. They had belief that they could get back into the game. And they worked their socks off. Dini was good going forward on from left-back. Calvert-Lewin, again, has been superb this season. Um, and I think it's going back to what we said about Foden. I think with him, it's just a run of games now. He's He's got that experience. He's got that run of games. He's grown, in, he's grown into his, his body a bit more, his, you know. Strengths increased, and you know, obviously, his confidence is higher now. And you can see that the way he's playing, he you know, he makes runs in and behind, he, he bends his runs, runs into the channels. He's got full belief that he can beat defenders, and you know, he's a menace. And he's, he's played really well this season, and I think he's second 
I think he's only I think he's the only one that's just behind. I think Kane scored today, so maybe they're joint mm-hmm. on the same amount of goals. But yeah, he's up there, man. He's had a brilliant season. I agree, man. I agree. So who's not having a brilliant season though? Southampton losing five consecutive uh league games um since I think nineteen ninety eight. So um yeah, Newcastle three two yesterday was a was a brilliant performance from Newcastle. They definitely needed that. Um, you know, I thought um yeah, they they really needed that after the, the performances that they've been putting in. But it's been glimmer of hope every time I've watched Newcastle the last week or so. Um, last yeah, week, they picking it up. No, they've they've started to focus a bit. I know they, I think they lost to Palace, didn't they? But they still put in, um, you know, a good shift in that game. But um, it, overall, I mean, you know, Southampton were were lucky that it was it stayed the way it did for so long in that game. Um, you know, it could have been earlier than the 16 minutes when um, Joe Willock scored. But, um, yeah, there was there was moments where I thought Newcastle, they were just looking like they, they turned a small corner and they were trying to just press Southampton from the start. I thought the way that Joe Willock took the goal was brilliant. Um, you know, that's something that they've been missing, someone in midfield that can that just burst into the box. And that's all he was doing all game, was just constantly picking up the ball getting it forward if he didn't have the ball as soon as um you know th- th- there was opportunity to get in a box he's one of the first players in there so i think they've been missing that at newcastle and yeah you know he took his goal really well um ag- again you know southampton i don't know they don't seem like the southampton that we've been watching you know um last season the season before the armor on goal i thought um is it bednarek <laughs> he's had like a bad week a bad week after the United game and then um, it took like a wicked deflection off him for the second goal um, but you know they, they still fought through the game Southampton they still tried they were still one thing I feel with Southampton is that when they, they press they, they, they literally just try and you know they're constantly offside I think I can't remember how many times Danny Ings was offside yesterday but you know they, they're just constantly trying to, to press so much and when they're shooting you know they're firing blanks they're just it's not there's no conviction in the shots to just I don't know I just feel like they they need to change something um going forward but um just in terms of the goals that they scored um you know Minamino I thought it was good to see him obviously playing um a, a full game I don't really feel like he was getting the opportunity at Liverpool so it was, it was good to see him um score and obviously Ryan Bertram with the assist as well um but then again you know before half time you're 3-1 down very similar to um, the United game, the Everton game. You kind of feel like the game's done and dusted at 3-1. Um, but Ward Prowse, man, my guy, the free kick was probably, I mean, he's probably got to be the best dead, dead sport specialist that we've got in the league at the moment. Um, I can't remember how many free kicks he scored. I think it's four that he scored this season. Um, but he could have had two goalkeepers in in the, in the goal for that one. No one was catching that. Um and yeah, you know, I, I just felt once once that went in, I thought Southampton were gonna gonna push, and they just they just didn't, you know. I think they were they were just they were just sluggish, and they didn't they didn't seem like they wanted to get the, the, the you know the, the goal that was gonna get them the point. Um, but fair play to Newcastle, I think they they needed that. I thought defensively, they were they were brilliant. Um, you know, even again Willock, you know, he was attacking, but he even defensively, I think he got five tackles in. Yesterday, you know, he was he was doing his defensive duties as well. Um, but 
like I said, I feel like they've been missing a player like Joe Willock yesterday, uh, all, all season. I feel like you know he's been he's been someone that can hopefully turn things around. Um, and obviously, we spoke about Callum Wilson before as well. I think he was unlucky because he, he had a goal disallowed um, for offside. I think so. You know, they they hopefully can turn a corner now. You know that they're they're pushing up the league. They're, they're kind of away. I think they're ten points clear of the drop zone now. So um, they have got some tough games coming up, and um, I'm sure they've got. Are they still in the cup? I don't think they are, but I think they've got. They face Chelsea next. I think on the Monday game next Monday, the fifteenth of Feb, a late kickoff. So um, at Stamford Bridge. So we'll see, man. I think I think they'll be okay this season. I'm, I think you called it, um, Jesse, as well when we did our review. Um, you have to remind me if I'm wrong there, but I think you called it that they're going to be safe and okay this season. So, um, did you did you get to see the game? Yeah, I think yeah, I think they will be okay because I think they've just got. They've got enough players that can turn up and, and, and get grab wins when they need them, which they have in the last few games. And they'll they'll be safe, you know. They'll stumble along to over the line, over the 40-point line, and they'll get there. But no, I've got to give them some credit. They played really well. And I think they just took advantage of, of the 9-0 performance, really. They know that, you know, Southampton's heads must be all over the place and they must be low on confidence. And that's how... Newcastle came out, man. They came out firing, pressing hard, um, working hard to recover the ball. And, you know, they played really well. I thought Maximin played really well yesterday. He was he was a live while. You know, he's a funny player because sometimes he's, you know, sometimes he really turns up in a game and he's on absolute fire. And then in other games, he's not. But yesterday was definitely one of them games where he was a nightmare. He was pressing without the He's pressing without the ball, closing down, tracking back on the ball, with the ball, attacking. He was he was a nightmare, you know, for the right back. And yeah, they just looked low on confidence yesterday, Southampton, defensively. Defensively they defensively they just looked all over the place. And um but credit Southampton, you know, second half trying to get back into the game. It's a good finish by Minamino. Brilliant free kick by Ward Prowse. But yeah, I think the lost I think the 9-0 took its toll on them really. And I think by the time they, they came alive in this game, it was already over. But I think the second half should give them some confidence that you know that they've put that to bed from midweek. And, you know, if they played this the way that they did in the second half, in the first half, they would have been alright. But they they just gave themselves too much to do. Mm. Yeah, and I, I feel I feel that with Southampton, uh, one of the issues that they've got, and um, when I was talking about their attacking form, was that I don't think either Che Adams or Danny Ings have scored this year. I think they, I think Danny Ings, I think was probably um, it may have been January. Sorry, I think he might have scored a goal in January against Liverpool, but Che Adams, I don't think has scored since this year, since the sixteenth of December, I think against Arsenal, and I feel like that is. Yes, they're scoring goals or, you know, getting the free kicks or maybe Minamino might chip in and help Che Adams and Danny Ings up front. But I just feel that's where their issues are. Um, I think defensively, normally they're okay. I think Romeo's quite a solid player in midfield. Um, and obviously uh, Ward Prowse as well. Nathan Redman, I think, is a very good player. He's a, he's a, he's a decent player as well. So I just think maybe, um, you know, Hopefully Minamino coming in to to mix things up a little bit might help Danny Ings because you know yeah. he was on form he was on form before 
you know, the injury. injury. Yeah, so I think he's maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, this that's what I mean. The season before um, December and the start of the season, he was playing really well. He was scoring a lot of goals, but it seemed to have dried up since January. And I think I'm sure it's only the one he got against Liverpool um, early in January. And as I say, Che Adams hasn't scored in the league um, this this year. So you know, you're looking at your two strikers and you're thinking, well, you know, we need you got one goal between you in in what six six weeks. So I think that's one of their issues that they've got to start scoring if they, you know, they want to try and do anything this season, um, you know, try and push maybe for a, a European spot. But they're even 10 points behind, you know, fifth place Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, they, they started on fire this season and it just kind of petered out for them a little bit. But look, I think when you're a team like Southampton, that's always going to happen sometimes with the, especially when you get injuries. When Ings was, was you know, when he was fit, you know, he was he was scoring a lot of goals at the start of the season. Che Adams was also scoring goals. He had a good run of games. But I think, yeah, injuries take their toll and and they've got they've not got a big squad. And I think that's just what they're going through. And they've just gone, you know, a little I think five would you say five games now? Five defeats? Is it for the Southampton? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And I think they're yeah. I think yeah. it's just a, it's just a bad run of games for them, and they just need to. They just need that win to get their confidence back up because when their confidence is firing, they play really good football, and they just need to find that again, you know. But one thing again, like as I said with United, and not ju- not just because of the nine 0 even in that game against Newcastle, you know, dread- some dreadful defending, um, mm. especially the Almiron goal, you know. Just sloppy mistakes. They just need to cut them out. Yeah, no, I agree, man. And and, and credit to, to Newcastle as well, because I think they played pretty much the second half with, with 10 men. And I think even 20 minutes into it, they, they played with nine men. So to to still get a three-point victory, um, albeit at home, um, but against Southampton, you know, you've got to credit them for that as well. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, man, we'll we'll see where Newcastle end up. I think you might be right. I think they'll be they'll be okay. I, I think, think I said they fine. might go down, but yeah, we'll we'll see, man. But a good game at Sheffield United's Bramall Lane tonight. Sheffield United versus Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea being victorious, victorious two uh, one victory there for for them. Um, I thought it was a good game. I thought, well, let me re- let me rephrase that. It was a good game for Sheffield United for thirty minutes. Um, I thought Chelsea was struggling to break them down. Um, I think Oli Burke fired in a shot first minute. I thought it was going to be a long night for Chelsea. Um, there was a, a, a penalty that was luckily for Chilwell. Um, it wasn't given because of an offside before the run of the at the run of play for for Chelsea um, for Sheffield United. Sorry, um, but Chilwell just missed. He misjudged the flight of the ball. Like it was just. So clumsy, um, and I feel like Tuchel's kind of picked up on that maybe in training, which is why I think uh, Chill was set out the last two games for for Chelsea, and and Alonso's played instead. Um, I kind of feel that's probably why, because as much as Chill was great going forward defensively, you, you, you know he's not the best, and um, he got caught out there big time. But moving on to the game, you know, forty percent possession, you know, fifteen minutes into it. It was all it was all made up for Chelsea to get a goal. Um 
but it was it was a strange one because Sheffield United was still applying the pressure, so it was just a, it was a weird game to watch for the first half. Um, I have to shout out Werner. I know he gets a lot of slack on online. I was going to say that he was he was probably that's the best game, man. Yeah, that's the best I've seen him play, regardless of him not scoring. Um, but he got an assist as well for for the goal for for Mason Mount. I think he played really well. It was like a quick one two, um, and he pulled the ball back for Mason Mount, who scored on his uh, his weaker foot. Um, for the first goal, um, you know Chelsea had another chance then as well. I think free kick from Mount Chilwell. I, I feel like he could have done better. He's on Mart, you know, so he should have done better. Um, but it was better, you know, the passing for Chelsea's better. Um, I feel like the intensity is better. Um, I have to talk about well the own goal. I don't know what Rudiger was thinking. <laughs> but boy, if uh, when you see it and when everyone whoever yeah, listens, he just passed it into it, the net, it was, it was. I don't know if it's, it's like, a breakdown in communication or what. I was it just is, gonna say, yeah, it has to be that. It could, there's no other reason because if your goalkeeper's not shouting at you to, I'm coming, you know, I'm coming for the ball or leave it, then you've got to kick it out. Even if you kick it out for a corner, it doesn't matter because you can regroup and you can mark who you need to mark. But it just seems like there was a breakdown there, but. I feel gutted for, for Mendy because obviously he's had three clean sheets now. Um, mm. Obviously tonight would have been the fourth, but it's one of those things. Um, the penalty for, for Chelsea, I felt like that was, was, a, was a harsh one for me because I feel like as much as Werner's kicked the ball one side and run round him, I still feel it could have gone either way. It could have been a foul on the goalkeeper because, you know, it's, it's, I can see why it was given, but I just feel like it was a bit of a harsh one on Ramsdale. Um and obviously Jorginho back to his usual tricks of hop, skip and jump and all that. But um But he gets it done, isn't it? He gets it done. He didn't do it in the week, in the midweek game. He he just literally put his foot through it. But um yeah, I just feel like even for the you know, even up to the build up to that goal, the um, penalty, sorry, you know, Bryant gives the ball away sloppily. He's just so sloppy with the passing and he again he tries to lay it back to Ramsdale. Um he doesn't look up to see who's there, he just it's just like flipping, you know, just past the ball. Um, and I yeah. think that's what cost them this, this to know tonight. Um, definitely. I thought, they, I, I, I thought they played well. No, definitely. And I, I look, um, in, in regards to the penalty, I thought it was definitely a penalty for for Chelsea. I think Ramsdale's committed himself. In them situations, he, he's got to commit, but, and then he's just got to commit and hope that he gets there before Werner. And Werner's rapid, so... The chance of that happening was always slim. It's a poor pass back to the keeper. But I think it was the right result, if we're all being honest. like I thought Chelsea played well. Um, the style of play is starting to really set into the players. Obviously, he's been there a few more weeks now. He's had a few more training sessions. Um, he's not changing the shapes. Everyone's getting used to what they need to do. And I think he's starting to really... It's starting to bear fruit, obviously, with the results. It was a quality performance as well against Spurs. And I thought I thought it was a good performance today against Sheffield United. One thing with them, when you play them, is you're, they're always going to be difficult to beat because they're one of those teams that always give 110%. They might make mistakes, obviously, like they did with the goal, but they're always going to give 110%. They're always going to battle. So... You know, when you're in the midfield or, you know, you're playing in just behind the strikers, 
any of them positions is going to be tough for you to get space, going to be tough for you to, to do anything because they're going to work hard. And I think all you want in these games is just to get the result. And I think Chelsea did that. And I thought they, you know, it was a good, brilliant bit of play for the first, for the first goal. And brilliant finish by Mount, who's been playing really well in the last couple of games as well. And I think it's starting to look good for Chelsea. Obviously, back up, you're pretty much back in the top six race, in the top four race. And, you look, you know, you're looking good at the moment, man. And that's why, that's it's funny, because I said this at the start of the season, you know, man, you men were laughing at me, but the top four thing is wide open and top six is wide open and all the teams that we kind of expected to be fighting in and around it are, are all there now and it's extremely tight. And so where teams have got to start going for it now. They've got to start really trying to win these games. But I thought, yeah, I thought Chelsea played well. I, I thought Jorginho and Kovacic played well in there. Um, and Mount's been playing really well. Mount's put in a, you know, another one. He's put in a good case to, to be on the plane, man. Might be a plane full of midfielders or someone's missing out, man. It's going to be... Whoever misses out, man, is going to be unfortunate for them because mm. all of the English midfielders have they been playing really well. Yeah, they, yeah, all they have been. It's a shame. Yeah, there's a case. There's a case that you might even not take some of the wingers, so you can bring some of these midfielders. Who knows what he's going to do, man? He's going to upset us one mm. way or another. But yeah, I had to put that out there, man. I thought Mount played really well today. He did, man. He did. He did. And I feel the next six or seven games is going to be crucial for Chelsea because I think um, you take away the Newcastle and Southampton games which you'd expect and hope the way that Chelsea are playing at the moment and the form that Newcastle and Southampton are in that they should easily or hopefully get uh, six points out of the two games but then you start thinking about Atletico Madrid Champions League then that's followed by Manchester United an in-form Everton team Um, Leeds away is always a difficult one and then you play Atletico again um, followed by a trip to Liverpool away. So the next couple of weeks, I think, will will shape. Obviously, Tuchel's had plenty of time by then to, like you said, he's got the team playing the way he wants them to play, the formation that he set up as well, um, get that embedded even more into that team. And hopefully, who knows, you know, yeah, push on and try and get a top four finish. But I'm impressed the last uh, three games that I've watched. Um, they've all been brilliant performances. Um, like you said, Mason Mount is, you know, I've gave him a lot of stick over two years uh, since since like he's been pushed into the first team. But um, he's definitely been probably Chelsea's best player this season by by far for me. Um, you know, he's someone that doesn't stop. He, he runs runs down the ball. Doesn't matter, you know, what minute of the, the game it is. Um, he makes chances. He take, you know, he's he's good on corners as well, which is what we've always lacked with William when he was there. Um, and, and you know he's a, he's an all round player. I think I'd be surprised if he doesn't go on the plane. Um, I think he's got to go for me personally, and that's not just me being biased because it's Chelsea. But I feel like he, he he'd offer a lot more um, in that team playing with the likes of obviously a Harry Kane as well. I think he's got to go for me. Yeah, I think that's an episode that obviously we have wants, to do that. Separate. I think, yeah, I think during the inter- international yeah, yeah. break we'll obviously cover the England game and then pick our squads that we think should be on the plane in it but um yeah he's been brilliant man he has been brilliant and it, sh- it shows that Lampard selecting him was justified despite what you know some people are thinking 
But yeah, credit to them. And look, like I said about Sheffield United, they're always going to battle. They, they've got that desire. They've got that pride. They're always going to fight in games, even when they're losing. And, you know, maybe they just didn't get, as you lot were saying, maybe they just needed that striker that was going to make the difference for them. And it was always going to be tough for them in the second season because everybody knows what they was going to do. And I think maybe they're one of them teams as well that would have benefited. Every look, every team would have benefited with having their fans in the stadium. But I, I definitely think they're one of the teams that would have, have been a lot more beneficial for them to have have the fans in there and maybe it would have got an extra 10% out of them. But look, they were brilliant last season. They were brilliant last season. It's a shame that, you know, what happened with COVID happened because they probably... Not probably, but they could have got Europe last season. And, you know, the best that they can hope for is to just keep battling, keep nicking points here and there and maybe get a bit closer to, or putting up a bit more of a fight. Like they have shown in a few weeks, you know, with the the win against United and maybe they can pull off a few more results like that and, and get themselves into contention, but... Mm. I agree, man. They've got they've got some good they've got some good games coming up where you would expect them to to hopefully get a few points. You know they've got Fulham coming up again. I mentioned Southampton based off the form that they're playing. Um, I feel like Leeds Sheffield tonight. You know it's a game that could go, go either way based off the the kind of um, the game that you expect from that from that kind of game. Um, same with Wolves Brighton. You know they're games that they can try and nick points out of them. So. I feel like as long as they play how they played tonight, I can see them. I'm not saying they can stay up. I think it's going to be an unrealistic thing for them to stay up on 11 points at this point yeah, in the season. Um, yeah, just, um, just make a bit more of a fight of it, really. Yeah, yeah, I think they can do that, definitely. And and obviously, that, that's dependent on West Brom and Fulham, um, how they play as well. But you look at that bottom three at the moment, and I don't know, maybe Fulham might get something, but... You can't really see Burnley, Newcastle, or Brighton now really slipping into that bottom three. Yeah, I, I see. I see the top three. I mean, sorry, I see the bottom three staying the same. Um, especially with Brighton picking up that result against Liverpool. I think the teams just above the bottom three have got. They've got that. They've got the players that they can pull out them, them results like that. You know, like what Newcastle have done today. Brighton beating that, that Liverpool, you know the teams in and around there, Burnley as well. They've 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 got enough to get results to, to get them out of that, to keep themselves away from that. Sorry. Yeah, I'd have to agree, man. I'd have to agree. I just like I said, I can't see. I mean, West Brom. I think they've let in fifty four goals already this season. Um, they've only scored eighteen. They've only won two games. Um. You know, Fulham. Yeah, I just can't. I can't see them getting out of it. It's a shame for, like you said, it's a shame for Sheffield United because I think it would have been a blessing and a curse for them if they got European football. Because I think it would have had a massive impact on this season. But it would have been nice for them as a club to to be in Europe as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think it's a shame. I think though, if they go down, they've got and they can retain a lot of those players. They might have to sell a few on based on the financial reasons. But I feel like they'll be able to bounce back if they go down yeah Sheffield if, if they keep the manager um, most of them players will stay there I don't think they'll lose too many of them players maybe um, Sanderberg might move on um, someone might take John Fleck but 
I think majority of them players will probably be at Sheffield United next season and they should be, you'd expect them to pretty much add to what they've got and come back up, if I'm being honest with you. No, I agree with you, man. I agree. Ho- hopefully they do, because I think as much as, you know, that they, they were, to me, you know, I grew up watching them in the, in the Prem a lot as well. So, and, you know, like you said, last season, they were really unfortunate. So we'll have to see, man. But FA Cup as well next week, this week. So there's some good games in the FA Cup. But yeah, so um, you can follow us on the PTTW podcast on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Give us a follow, subscribe. Also, subscribe on Spotify. Yeah, man. And on Apple Podcasts, if you listen to it on there, just give us a subscribe on there too. Yeah, and just, and just give us a follow on Twitter. And let us give us your thoughts, man. Yeah. Don't agree with if you know if you don't agree with some of our points or you do agree, let us know, man. Open dialogue. We love it. We're here for it, man. Yeah.